Hello, everybody. It's Tracy and Mike here with the Lincoln Law Pod on so many shows.com. How are you doing, Mike? Good. How about yourself, Tracy? I'm doing well. I'm doing Good. well. Looking forward to talking about this. There's some uh some big stuff going on for sure. Um the, oh, absolutely. Ep- the episode is titled Suspicious Minds, written by Zach Callig and directed by Antonio Negret. All right. Can we even proceed, Mike, without talking about the other Conley show and what happened this week? Do we have to get that out of the way? Oh, I think we must. Yes. We're going <laughs> to, we're gonna, you know, we're so excited about the Lincoln Lawyer and this episode, but I think we're probably bursting at the seams and it's, it's going to, we're going to digress for a moment. The teaser, a teaser trailer came out for Bosch Legacy, also executive produced by Michael Conley and based on his books. And we found out the date. So that will be season two of that show as well. And it will drop on October 20th. What do you think of that date, Mike? I think it fits. You know, I mean, not a lot of things going on in October other than football. I mean, baseball is okay. well up by then, basically. Yeah. So I, I like October. You know, I, yeah. I would have preferred September. You know, September sure. 14th would have been a great date to drop <laughs> it because, you know, my birthday and all. Ah, but, what a great gift that would have been. But a month later, it's right be- sure. before my wife and daughter's birthdays. So it'll be okay. like a little gift for them i guess but yeah so and what's the uh order this time around i think they're dropping two episodes per two, week two per week so starting october 20th the first two and then the last two will air on november 18th so yeah mm. two per week the last time we got four you know the first night or the yep. first day and then two at a time so this will spread it out a little bit further but yeah at first i thought october oh that just that's you know months away but we are at the end of august now so it's almost september so no, we can, we can, honest. <laughs> we can <laughs> almost say the next month that bosch legacy is coming out but yeah that was a pretty intense teaser and i think people are already talking about it. have you seen on social media people talking about the teaser or that, that makes them stressed or they're like, uh, I know I've seen some comments about, Oh boy, this, whoever took her better watch out for Harry, you know, when Harry yep. gets mad and when it has to do with Maddie and that emotion, you know, you watch out for that Harry kind of thing. What, what have you heard online? Yeah. I've been seeing a lot of positive comments, you know, uh-huh. that's gotten them on their edge, edge of their seat, waiting, anticipate or anticipating waiting yeah, I've, I've tried to retweet as many of those comments and quotes mm-hmm. that I can, but there's a lot of them. So we got a lot yeah. of fans that are excited and ready for ready for season two of Legacy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think there's a lot of emotion. Obviously, it makes total sense around that teaser. It's a very emotional cliffhanger we had. And, you know, seeing how it all plays out is going to be very emotional. So I kind of have that. I feel that in people's comments about it. I feel that sense of emotion. So um, for anyone who might listen to the podcast for the Lincoln Lawyer coverage, we're so glad you're here. If by chance you don't know that we also cover Bosch Legacy, that is on um, what we call our Everybody Counts podcast, but they're all under the So Many Shows umbrella, under that same feed, wherever you find your podcasts. So just in case you didn't know, we have another Twitter Bosch Everybody, where we highlight a lot of stuff and keep up with the Bosch, original Bosch series and Bosch Legacy. So you can find us there as well. 
but we are all things Conley under so many shows as well as a lot of other series. So if you dig deeper, you're going to find some other shows and maybe something else you might be interested in. We've got a pretty good variety of genres that we cover. So just wanted to put that out there and let you know why we took a couple minutes to stop and talk about a different show. So we are excited about that. And it's, it just feels really good to have a date. We've been waiting a long time for that date. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we, were, we were told spring for months and then they said, oh, nope, fall. And it's like, yeah. what, what, wait a minute. Yeah. Ouch. So, yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah, almost what, here. What fall? Is it September fall? Is it November fall? What fall is it? Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, yeah, it is good to have a date nailed down. Yes. So with that said, let's get into Suspicious Minds. We're ready to break down episode five of season two for the Lincoln lawyer. So this is where we dropped off and had to wait a few weeks for the second half to come around. Um, so it's a very pivotal episode with a lot hanging in the balance when we end the episode. So it's going to be fun to get into this. So this is kind of what we might call in some instances, a mid-season finale, you know, since it's broken up and there would be this time period between the two halves. And, you know, we would refer that to refer to that as the midseason finale, which is usually leaves us with a cliffhanger and just a lot to, to think about until the next half is going to come. And I think that kind of applies here to the Lincoln lawyer. When we get to the end of the episode, we're all I know I was ready waiting for what's going to happen next for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so let's get into it. At first, we we think we're in one scenario But then we find out it's a daydream and then it brings us back to reality. So do you want to jump in with that, Mike, and tell us what's going on there at Lisa's restaurant? Yep. First, I got to I got to set up the mood here for that scene. The the opening song, which is called Dose by Teddy Swims, Mm -hmm. really sets the mood for this trying to think of the right word, the the drizzling of caramel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Over over flan. And mm-hmm. then you see a spoon kind of dive into it, and then <laughs> Mickey takes a taste of it, and he's just transcended. You know, he's just, he he loves the taste of it. And then, uh, so, but what's funny about this? So Mickey is repeatedly told Lisa that their relationship has to be put on hold until after or while she's his client. Yeah. And what's he do? He day- daydreams of this heavy makeout scene between <laughs> him and Lisa after tasting this flan. He imagines her coming up behind him and asking her, oh, good, I didn't think the, or no, that's what it is. She she was setting it up by saying, you know, you got to get the right balance of three different milks, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, and then so, and then she states that he has some caramel on his Mm -hmm. lip and and starts to lick his lip and they start making out heavy. (laughs) And as he, as he's just kind of, you know whispering mickey he comes out of it and he's like oh wait okay she's behind the counter over there yeah asking it becomes to... it comes a little louder <laughs> mickey mickey exactly mickey. <laughs> that is kind of funny did you re- did you think it was a daydream all along oh that's a good question the first time i watched it i'm like <laughs> he i'm thinking to myself he's really going against what he's, he's been slipping her. yeah, yeah he's, he's slipping but but then so when yeah so i i was kind of caught off buy it the first time watching it yeah. and i did think it was possibly real yeah yeah unfortunately and then uh, all of a sudden i'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> I, I i bought into it i think originally too so they they got me there so yeah 
it, it, it was a, a daydream, but he is eating the flan and he does really yes. like the flan. It is it's very good. And they talk about a variety of things. But the thing I, I remember most from that scene is he is asking her a little bit more about Jeff. Like, it'd be nice if we could talk to Jeff and ask him about this toolkit. You said, because she said the toolkit belonged to him and where they had, you know, found the, that the hammer from that toolkit matched what could be, could have made the wound. And so Mickey's just asking you know, a variety of questions and she's responding. She's chopping or cooking or whatever she's doing there at the counter and responding. But then she just snaps, you know, yep. and she's like, what does she say? Just can we stop talking about Jeff? I don't remember the yep. exact line, but she was like, I don't want to talk about Jeff anymore. And uh, yeah, it certainly catches Mickey off guard. It caught me off guard, you know, as a viewer, but she quickly calms down and says, you know, I'm sorry. Just how does she explain it? That it's just she kind of a, that, uh, being a chef. She's under a, under a lot of stress, stress. Mickey, that she loses it sometimes and that he should talk to her sous chef. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's someone that knows her really well in the kitchen, that kind of environment. And yeah, I mean, we've all seen some of those kitchen shows and things, and it, it does look like it can be a pretty intense <laughs> environment. So she kind of plays it off there, or at least that's how she, you know, explains it. And and maybe that is the case, but it, it, it was a little jarring to me. I was like, where yes. did this come from? You know? All yeah, where's this? Where's this Lisa Trammell? Been you know we've been getting the yeah you know bringing them food and, yeah <laughs> and trying you know be smiley and trying to help them out <laughs> yeah yeah so interesting but uh, Mickey has to head back to the office but I think he gets to take the rest of the flan with him right he takes well he asked for it. He we don't know if we got to take oh it. <laughs> okay we don't actually see so yeah back at the office his team has now is now trying to figure out what Andrea Freeman and the prosecution has in their case, most likely against Lisa that they don't know about. So one thing that the team talks about initially is the fact that Andrea Freeman and the prosecution pulled the plea offer in the last episode. They worked really hard to find this email from Mitchell Bondurant to Alex Grant, who has ties in his family to organized crime. It was um, an, an email about him not uh, providing good services and they were going to ask for refunds. And, you know, if he wouldn't cooperate, he would, the Bondurant would have to report it to the lenders, which um, as fiduciaries would have to report any suspicious activity to the Fed. So it's basically, you know, an email that looks like it's some sort of extortion type effort with Mitchell Bondurant to Alex Grant. So they've been trying to track Alex Grant down and they think this is the, you know, the thing that Andrea was probably trying to hide in all those boxes. Well, when she pulls the plea offer, they find out the next day, they're like, okay, well then either she knows he can't be found and that he's just totally off the grid and can't be found. So she doesn't feel threatened by this email or this information, or she has something else completely different against the defense case against Lisa that would just mm-hmm. blow that out of the water it wouldn't, wouldn't even be significant so they got a couple scenarios they're thinking about but the offer has been pulled and so they're they're going back into the preliminary hearing and it is the burden upon Andrea to show burden of proof so that they can go to trial the plan is to yep. go to trial but you have to go through the formality and show burden of proof so Mickey says we have to try to sort of muddy the waters or make it look like she doesn't have burden of proof. So how can they do that? 
So Mickey's just always keeping an open eye. Just he has just has that real knack and his and his team as well. They have a real knack for finding pieces of information that they can kind of exploit and make a big deal out of them that could, you know, make a difference in the case. So missing from the witness list are Margot Schaefer and Detective O'Brien, who first interrogated Lisa. So yeah, the original detective that interrogated Lisa is not on the witness list, which seems strange. And they noticed that Margot Schaefer is not on the list either. She's the one that was um, has said she was an eyewitness to seeing uh, Lisa in the area. So those two aren't on the list. So do you want to talk a little bit about what they're trying to do, or they have to find out why they're not on the list, you know, why they can't report. And then what is Mickey's strategy in the hearing to, to use that, the fact that they're missing to try to hurt Andrea's case. So yeah, Andrea Freeman questions detective long about her and detective O'Brien's investigation. She stated that uh, Lisa's name came up quickly in the investigation due to the head of security telling them that an employee saw Lisa walking away from the building. So Detective Long, under, how did Mickey phrase it? He goes, under the penal code, a peace officer can only testify in a preliminary hearing to one level of hearsay, not Mm -hmm. two. Right. And since Detective Long wasn't a part of the actual interrogation Mm -hmm. of Lisa Trammell and didn't sit on in in the interview with the witness, Margot Mm -hmm. Schaefer, that now she's testifying to two levels of hearsay. Mm-hmm. So that means that the whole, her whole testimony has to be stricken from the record mm-hmm. under that penal code. Yeah. So, so it was a nice play by Mickey, you know, coming nice up with time. that on the fly. So mm-hmm. considering that he knew that, because I think when they were talking in the office a little bit earlier, uh, they figured out or mickey asked where's detective o'brien and uh cisco said that he's on medical leave of some yeah, sort. yeah yeah mm-hmm. sh- shoulder surgery that's yeah, right medical yeah. leave on for soldier sh- shoulder surgery mm-hmm. so yeah so it was a nice little play by mickey to to get uh detective long's testimony stricken off the record and yeah it makes andrea have to pull another one of the another ace out of her sleeve to try mm-hmm. to keep the preliminary hearing intact <laughs> right, right. And to have that burden of proof. So she says she can bring Margot Schaefer in. She says that that she w- can bring her in as a witness, I think, the next day. Yep. So <laughs> it resumes the next day. Yes. 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 So this is where we have some fun scenes with Lorna before we see Margot's testimony. So Lorna is out in her little car. Is it a Mini Cooper? Mini Cooper. It's a Mini, Mini Cooper. Cooper. Okay. Yep. She's on her Mini Cooper and she stops mid traffic and tries to kind of put her hands up and ask people to stop. And she puts all these cones down to, to mm-hmm. make this, you know, area where she can stop. And she takes a bunch of photos and people are getting really frustrated with her honking at her. And she sort of <laughs> snaps at them <laughs> for being so fussy about what she's doing. But I mean, she did stop traffic. So, yep, but she, she exactly. took some pictures in front of Mitchell Bondurant's building and Mickey is going, she sends them to Mickey and he's going to use those back inside the courtroom. So Margaret Shaver's on the stand talking about what she saw, or I don't know, would you say what she thinks she saw? <laughs> that's how, that's how it kind of went for, uh, for Margaret yeah. Shaver, unfortunately. Yeah. Or maybe fortunately, I mean, for Mickey's case. Yeah, for Mickey, maybe fortunately. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, then 
you want to talk about what Mickey does with the photos, kind of how he uses that to sort of tries to invalidate Margot's testimony. Yes, because uh, he, well, first he had to clear it with Andrea and the judge first, you know, because mm-hmm. Andrea's like, well, I haven't seen these photos. You know, Mickey was just complaining about this or you know, discovery or something like mm-hmm. that a few episodes back. Um, so once when uh, Judge Medina said that, that the photos were valid as long as he could produce the witness who was Lorna to verify that she's the one that took the photos in the morning. Right. So when Mickey puts the pictures up on a TV screen, he's trying to figure out if Margot Schaefer could actually verify if she can identify any of the people walking on the sidewalk. Yeah. And was, her yeah view, cars, was her view obstructed at all? Obstructed and... view. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know. I just, as a driver myself, I I, I, yeah. do, I do quite a bit of driving, and it's like for me, it's trying to see pictures off of a what fifty inch television screen compared to being there in real life. Mm-hmm. But you know, I so I can I can see Margot Schaefer's side of things. You know, right. she believes she saw what she saw, but Mickey showing him on a TV screen that's what about 10, 15 feet away from her. She can't really determine if she can make out any of the si- people on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And then Mickey just kind of keeps pushing, you know, yeah. keeps pushing, pushing. Uh, he uh, There's another lane of traffic that she didn't count. Yep. A lane of traffic, the, uh, oh, what is it, the parking the, lane? The, like the drop-off, I think it's the drop-off lane. Drop-off lane or like, parking spots or something mm-hmm. like that. But Mickey keeps pushing, you know, because he's trying to figure out if she actually did see lisa on the sidewalk or if or if he just or if she just assumed she saw lisa on the sidewalk after she had gotten into work and, and was told what happened yeah yes, heard yeah. what happened yeah so mickey did a good job of shredding her credibility <laughs> on, right. the, on the witness stand so yeah so mickey you know chalked that up as a win at one point i think he just said no further questions for the for the uh for for Marvel from the defense Schaefer. yeah and at one point andrea just kind of looks defeated Ooh. yeah i mean they show a quick clip i mean or a quick shot of her and she's just kind of like oh great she knows where it's headed yeah you know, she's been she's she's gone to war with mickey before on other cases mm-hmm. and yeah mm-hmm. she's got a good winning record against him but she saw it she knows his tactics she knows his tactics tactics and she knows this witness is floundering before her eyes so even mm-hmm. after Judge Medina asked her for if they if she wanted to cross examine. No, sorry, recross. Sorry, mm-hmm. on a recross. Andrea's like, nah, just kind of waves her hand, like, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> so then Judge Medina, in all fairness, she can't really show burden of proof at this point. Isn't that what she says? Yeah, I think after that, uh, after seeing that, Medina, mm-hmm. I believe, would have leaned, would have been, would have to be leaning towards the defense side. Mm-hmm. for dismissing the case but andrea asks or a- after judge medina asked andrea if she has any other witnesses andrea asked if she could confer with her uh office, with her office before yeah. responding to that question mm-hmm. and she gives her the lunch period i guess like the lunch hour to do that yep oh that's right lunch hour yeah <laughs> <laughs> so Lisa's impressed with what Mickey did there with the with Margot, the Margot Schaefer witness. And they also talk a little bit 
uh, Henry Dahl uh, comes up because the day prior, we, Henry and Mickey and Henry have an encounter in the courthouse in the hallway because Henry has proceeded with putting on the podcast interviews with Lisa and Mickey Mm -hmm. is just irate about that. But Henry tries to defend himself saying that it was old footage, you know, existing footage. It was not a new interview. So that should have been okay. And Mickey's like standing firm. No, you can't put anything out about her. You can't proceed with this at this time. And so Lisa, I guess, feels kind of responsible for not handling things better with Henry. And so they're out in the hallway during this current day. And she, again, she's she's very congrat or very appreciative to Mickey for how he handled sort of shredding the witness, as you said. And she also apologizes for not handling things better with Henry. But then, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, <laughs> and she drops another piece of information. You did a great job shredding this witness. But by the way. I was parked there. Yep. That, she was I, parked I, there and she was in front of the building. That she morning. was. She was in front of the building. And I, that just sort of blew me away. I did not see that coming. And so I was like, really? It, uh, that's all I kept thinking in my head. Really, Lisa? Really? And, but Mickey says, you know, he said, I didn't, we didn't say that you weren't there. We just yep. pointed out that it would be very difficult to see you there. But yeah, that one that one threw me for a loop. Yeah, um, that's right. The the other thing I forgot to mention during that was Margot Schaefer, while she was on the stand, was saying that uh, she was trying to uh, she was trying to make a right turn. Yeah, and Mickey trying to kind of jumped on that, saying, "Well, were you trying to make a right turn? Were you looking at the traffic head, or right. were you looking over at my client?" You know. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of funny really how doing? he just kind of he just kind of nitpicked. Yeah. Every little thing she said. He so. just, he broke it apart. He, he certainly did. Absolutely. So there, there was some other discussion over the lunch break. Go back a little bit, probably to the day before Cisco posed as a, what a wildlife, um, what's it? Yep. What's California Fish and Wildlife Inspector. Officer? Inspector. Inspe- okay. Yeah. So he posed as that and went to one of Alex Grant's construction sites trying to track him down and you know the guy said that the foreman or whatever said he's not there you know that he doesn't always come on the sites and i I guess uh cisco comes up with some sort of violation that uh comes up with a violation that they have on site and somehow i i i I took it that somehow he used that to get grant's address i don't think we explicitly saw him getting it but the next day we see him talking to Mickey again on this lunch break and he tells yep. him that he went to his condo. So somehow he found out, presumably from that exchange, and found out that uh, Alex Grant has been MIA from his condo for like three days. Is it right? Yep. Yeah, three days. So, the doorman hasn't seen him in three days. Yeah. So that's disconcerting because obviously Alex Grant is very wealthy. And so they're concerned that he might have the financial resources to just really stay hidden. So and the other thing they were concerned about too, was the fact that th- that three day period was right about the time they were starting to look for him. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're wondering if somebody might've tipped him off to the, mm-hmm. to the uh, potential subpoena coming down the pipe. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that doesn't look great for them. Then we had we come back into court, and so Andrea has conferred with her office, and she comes back with kind of another shocker. I mean, I I was kind of shocked that 
Lisa was actually parked there and then and was in front of the building, but it gets even worse. Do you want to talk about what we find out after lunch? Absolutely. So after the break, Andrea calls uh, Hannah Gates to the stand, and she's a forensic analyst with the county crime lab. Mickey jumps up to object to the witness because she isn't on the on the witness list, on his witness list at least. So he tries to tries to uh, knock down another person's testimony, mm-hmm. but the judge, after a brief back and forth, the judge allows. Hannah Gates to take the stand, but wants it done quickly because she has tickets to Hamilton that night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Hannah takes the stand, and Freeman hands out copies of Gates's report to the judge and Mickey. So Mickey starts leafing through the thing quickly, you know, trying to figure out what she might have now that could hurt the case. And just be just as they're getting to the uh, to the gloves that were found in Lisa's shed. Mm-hmm. Mickey object, objects again because none of the forensic reports were in discovery. Mm-hmm. Andrea claims that they were just turned in that day to her. <laughs> uh, yeah, How right. Convenient. How convenient. They just all of a sudden <laughs> appeared on her lap. And, you know, so that I think they, they get a sidebar conference with the judge. Mickey tells Medina that just a few days ago that Andrea had a, a generous plea offer mm-hmm. that was withdrawn the next day. Andrea says that Mickey is possibly accusing her of deliberately withholding discovery, yeah. which Mickey says the timing of the report is highly suspect. Mm-hmm. But Andrea, in her defense, says that she can't force the crime lab to expedite the reports. True, so Medina, Medina says that discovery arguments are an issue for trial and allows Andrea to continue. She also tells Mickey that that he engineered this whole trial to have her cards be shown and he can't complain when he doesn't like the deck that deck that was dealt him. Yeah. <laughs> so unfortunately that the witness can still testify. So when Andrea continues the questioning, Hannah Gates tells the court that the blood found on the gloves were a match to Bondurant or Bondurant. And then Judge Medina states that given the evidence presented, the people had met their burden of proof for purposes of a preliminary hearing, therefore, the, and therefore is holding the defend, defendant to answer. So, mm-hmm. so quite a few things going on there. Yeah. A lot of legalese being thrown around as, as should any legal drama. Right, right. Be, but. Sure. Yeah. So we we've it's just going from bad to worse because you know finding out that that the hammer was missing from her toolkit and that could possibly be the weapon it's the right shape and right size mm-hmm. that could possibly be the murder weapon that's missing from her toolkit then to find out that she actually was in front of the building that day and then on to Andrea's reveal that the gloves her gloves from her shed have Bondurant's blood on them it's just it's just not good it's not looking good so she's upset mickey's not happy of course and lisa's not happy but i found the exchange between the two of them really irritating after because lisa just to in my and i would like to get your perspective in my opinion lisa just becomes the victim she says, you got to believe me, Mickey. I didn't kill him. You know, I didn't do this. No matter what the, she has, I didn't do that, you know. And he's like, it's not about that. Like any client, I, my job is to 
work with what we have and to try to defend you. And she gets insulted that mm-hmm. he basically refers to her like any other client. And I'm just like, oh, gag, come on. Yep. <laughs> you know, I'm like, really, don't play the victim card here. You have you dropped some big news today that you never shared with Mickey. That might have been helpful for Mickey to know ahead of time. And and yeah, she's 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 um she's whining basically. A- am I am I getting too upset about that, or did you find that irritating? I found it irritating too. I think you're in the right place there. Okay. It's not just that. I mean, I think this is like the second or third time where she's stated that she needs him to believe her. And yeah. it's like, why? We just, I mean, obviously Mickey not doesn't have his head on straight, but it's like they just met, you know, a few couple months ago at this point now. Yeah. Because yeah. we're getting closer to that midpoint of the of this of the show and if i remember correctly in the first episode it jumped back three months from the parking garage scene to the start of the season was a three-month span so you figure they've only known each other for like two and a half months give or take at this point yeah yeah they, they don't have some yeah long-term you know solid relationship they they had a little tryst basically and then she got yes. accused of murder and he agreed to to defend her but i just found that really really frustrating that that she would act that way i'm trying to yeah i i was just i was frustrated at at that point i mean i agree (laughs) how are you feeling about lisa at this point she's been rubbing me the wrong way kind of from the beginning i just have didn't i i've always doubted her sincerity sincerity for some reason yeah i think i have to agree with that too okay because, I mean, even if you take the book version out of it, because they, you never know what changes are going to be made from the book right. to the show. Right. I mean, she's just, like you said, she's she's kind of whiny at times. And we saw the, <laughs> a little bit of a dark side when she snapped a spoon, when she yeah. snapped on Mickey earlier in the episode. Yeah. And we've seen it a couple times too, even like, uh, I think it was where uh, after Izzy had played that that commercial for the podcast that Henry Dahl was trying to release. Yeah. Uh, Lisa was saying that uh, it was old footage. Yeah. Lisa was telling Mickey it was old footage that she couldn't use new interviews, but right. She was kind of trying to defend um, herself, but you know, exactly. But yeah. yeah, So it's like, Oh, that's right. Cause it was where she was like saying that where she was telling Mickey that because he's not being paid, Right, is that maybe really he's not doing his best work. Yes. Yeah, maybe not doing his best work. That's and not insulting. I know, it's like, and that's just what this kind of episode was. I mean, the title is Suspicious Minds. Yeah. It could have been just like apologies all around because <laughs> Lisa snaps, apologizes. Mickey apologizes for pushing her for information on Jeff Trammell or on Jeff. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she's apologizing for not, you know, knowing that she couldn't, be a part of this new podcast yeah it's it's like a a, an episode of apologies all around to between lisa mainly between mickey and lisa Mm -hmm. yeah just that that back and forth but yeah for for her to yeah sort of insinuate that he might not be trying his best because he wasn't getting paid i was just like no that that's she just keeps pushing the wrong buttons in in my in my book so but we all want the and we all want what's best for Mickey, not for Lisa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So I think one thing we we probably should have brought up when we talked about when she did snap about Jeff in the beginning and she was apologizing, like you just mm-hmm. mentioned, is that where she said she might know someone who that's right who yes. could get his email, some someone that still comes to the restaurant that was friends with him or something that she might be able to reach out to them and get an email address. And oh, that was in the conversation where they were talking about the podcast. Okay, that was during that Lisa section. Tells okay, Mickey that she has some good news at least. Yeah. She got an email for Jeff, and against her better judgment, she gave him Mickey's number. And then after that conversation, Mickey, she tells Mickey that she boxed up an order for Korean short ribs for him and Izzy. So yeah, they always <laughs> got to describe the food and make it sound really good and uh... and get the viewers hungry. <laughs> get the, yeah, exactly. That that not just that's for the true. truth, but for these Korean short ribs. I want yeah. some short ribs now. <laughs> And, yeah, and Izzy really liked him, too. In the episode, Mickey does get a phone call from Jeff, but he doesn't get much help or cooperation. So mm-hmm. Jeff calls him one evening during the episode, and he's like, yeah, I don't want to testify. And he asks him if he's still in Ensenada. Jeff all of a sudden says he needs to go. And, you know, again, Mickey's like, you know, please, can you give me any information about this hammer missing from the toolkit? And, you know, that's where Jeff just says for sure, he will not testify. And he hangs up on him. You know, I don't even yep. think he doesn't really want says, to be dragged into the mess and hangs yeah. up. <laughs> so that, that really didn't go anywhere. Lisa, she tries to get the email, passes along his number, but yeah, that was a bust too. Yep. So but that's a great the, view from the back deck of that house though. Oh yeah. That's, he always, where, yeah. that's where, uh, that's where Mickey is when he gets the phone call. So it's kind of, yeah. it's, I mean, I gotta, you gotta put out a, we gotta put put out a poll or something. You know, who's got the better view? Yeah. From day or night? Is it Mickey Holler? Is it Harry Bosch? You know, right, right. We gotta do a poll like that some somewhere somehow. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And you know, we just mentioned about Izzy, you know, liking and enjoying the short ribs as well. We also mm-hmm. got a little more update with Izzy and her plans for opening the dance studio. She has come up with her half of the deposit, but Ray has not. And I think she I, I feel like she kind of immediately gets a little defensive trying to tell Mickey that I don't think this means anything bad. She's just yep. being responsible and everything. This is a new kind of phase for her, you know, so I'm not worried about it. But I, I bet Mickey is a little suspicious about why she's Ray's not doing her part uh, as well. Right now, they have I guess they have a deadline coming up for that. Deposit. Yeah, I think it's like uh, the couple of weeks or okay. within a month, something like yeah. that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So how are you feeling uh, uh, about that? Does Do you immediately have doubts about Ray? Are you sort of, I don't say biased, but are you sort of leaning that way that like you just don't trust her? Or I mean, We haven't seen enough of Ray to, That's true. to make a, a, I mean, I think we've only seen her in one scene. Yeah. She was mentioned a few times in season one. She's been mentioned a couple of times in these first five episodes. Mm-hmm. So, so we don't see much of the Izzy and Ray outside of the off, I mean, or we don't see them at all, really. I mean, yeah, we don't see them at home or, you know, we don't yeah. see them at the house or at their house, you know, so we don't see enough of Ray to kind of make a determination like that at yeah. this point. I guess I feel like because, you know, Mickey's sort of our protagonist or whatever, and Izzy is so likable, I'm just going to immediately side with them and assume if, you know, or get protective of them, but get protective of, oh. of Izzy, I guess, you know. Yeah. So it's it's easy for me to, if something's not going right with Ray, in, in some fashion, it's easy for me to think that she's not you know, doing her part or maybe she's slipping, you know, off the wagon or something um, because I so much want to 
protect Izzy. But yeah, we'll we'll have to see. But um, she's not. Izzy's all- such a Izzy's such a likable character. So absolutely, I mean- absolutely, and so I mean, and for many reasons, she's got a good sense of humor. She's very dedicated and loyal to Mickey. You know, very su- and, and supportive with the fact that they have the drug addiction you know, in recovery in common. It's just a really rich relationship. So I, I don't know. Okay. How are you feeling about this idea of her opening a studio and not being with Mickey all the time? Like I want good things for Izzy, but I was like, Oh, I'm going to miss her in the Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. I mean, she's, she's been this driver for what a season and a half at this point now. I mean, yeah. so when I was hearing she's going to be opening a dance studio, it's like, well, she's still going to drive Mickey around. Right. <laughs> and, and so somehow <laughs> I just tell myself, <laughs> exactly that too she's gotten more involved in the office operations yep. so i just tell myself that the writers have made izzy so likable that they're gonna keep her in the story somehow no oh, matter absolutely. what happens with this dance studio that's how i sort of comfort myself all right well let's shift gears a little bit and talk about some stuff that's been going on with cisco and lorna and cisco cisco and kaz early in the episode cisco is uh looking for a file for I think Will Schaefer is his name. And then he's getting, I think maybe texts from Kaz and he's on the phone with Kaz's probation officer. And I guess Kaz didn't show up for it. And Cisco is is responding to that with, I forget what his answer was. It basically was not a lie, but it was not all the information because Lorna calls him out yep. on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, go, uh, he was looking for the file for a Walter Schrader. I paused it just so I could see what the name on the file was. Just, just in oh, case. Maybe, maybe some, some trivia. trivia. Okay, I got maybe it wrong. I said Will Schrader. Walter yeah, Schrader. Okay. You're close. Walter Schrader. Okay. Um, and so he was telling the PO that uh, that the last place he dro- or the place that he dropped Kaz off at was the Gold Star Inn in Silmar. Okay. And that's where he's supposed to stay until finding a place. Oh, okay. He also tells the PO that if Kaz reaches out, he will make sure to try to tell him to get in touch with the PO. Okay. Okay. Or let so him know that you called. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, by the way, your PO PO is looking for you. <laughs> uh, Lorna Lorna asks him if he knew of the crimes he just committed, to which Cisco says none because all the information he gave was 100% accurate. He just didn't give all of it. Right. Right. So Lorna says she needs to be needs it to be over. Mm-hmm. which Cisco promises it will be over the next day. So yeah. we're getting closer to finding out what Cisco has in plan for Kaz, at least. Let me tell you where I'm feeling at this point when they have that exchange, when she asks about if he knows what crimes he committed and you know, in his response, I feel like she's helping hold him accountable. Not that I don't trust Cisco, but, you know, I, I felt good about that interaction that she's, you know, kind of keeping him on his toes and that he is saying, well, I did tell the truth, just not all of it, you know, that he's trying to kind of stay in line with things as well. Cause you know, they do such good work. They make such a good pair, but I don't want to see, you know, Cisco make a big mistake somewhere or, you know, go off the rails or get involved with something that could jeopardize, you know, their relationship and, and their livelihood and everything. So I'm feeling good at this point yes. in the episode. Cause I don't know if you said the word trust, at least uh, yeah. Lorna, it seems like she trusts him, but she also mm-hmm. wants it to be over. She's yeah. She wants, yeah. She doesn't, she doesn't want him being affiliated with the road saints. And, right. She wants to yeah. make a break with that and move forward it to be done yeah, and exactly. be behind them. So as well, uh, do I, I do as well. So yeah, you mentioned that he said it was going to be over uh, within a day and he does sort of take care of business 
you know, Kaz has, has mentioned that the information he's sharing with the DEA is about some guns that the road saints are. ATF. ATF, sorry. Is it ATF? Okay, thank you. Yep, yep that um, the guns they have, a gun deal. And so the ATF does a raid. They show up at the road saints. We see this big raid coming in, storming the gates and going through crates and yep. you know, looking for these guns. And there are no guns. They're they're like teddy bears and doll babies. And, yep. and they're just shocked. <laughs> they're like, what? we're supposed to have this information. This is bad information. What is going on here? And one of the motorcyclists says, this is for our annual toy drive. You know, what, what, are, what are you thinking? What are you looking for? This is These are items for our annual toy drive. And then the, the screen shifts at some point over to... Cisco and Teddy out on some dirt road and there's a, they're in like a box truck and there's yep. all the guns. So my understanding yep. is that basically he diverted the guns so that they wouldn't be found during the raid. And saving, saving Kaz's skin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kaz was going to be ratting to the ATF while mm-hmm. he did tell the ATF what was going on. Right. So, right. Kat, or, so Cisco had to jump in and make sure that the guns were not found. Yes. Yeah. And then it gets a little um, uncomfortable when Cisco wants to confirm with Teddy that everything is square, you know, between the two of them, because he does want this behind him. And Teddy has a a pretty good pause there, but eventually he says, yeah, they're they're good, because Cisco tells him you will never see Kaz again. You know, that's taken mm-hmm. care of. You'll never see Kaz. He doesn't say what, why, but he says you'll never see him again. It will never be an issue. And then we get to a scene where we do see Kaz again, because Lorna and Cisco show up at someone's house. Was it Mabel? I think is her name. It doesn't yeah, I think maybe, her name was Mabel. Maybe that's good trivia. I don't know. Otherwise, it probably yeah. doesn't matter. But <laughs> they see Mabel, and she has like a little trailer out in her yard, and that's where they've sort of stashed Kaz. And Lorna goes up. And she has basically a forged passport and identification for Kaz so that he can skip town. And she says, you know, don't ever contact Cisco again. There's have a little bit of fun exchange about him saying, you know, don't take his name. You know, he's got the long Wojciechowski name. Yep. And, also um, before that, before yeah. that, it was the, uh, he says that she has him wrapped around her finger. finger yeah. Where she says, no, we have an equi- equitable modern Equ- relationship. <laughs> yep, that was good too. That was good. So, so yeah, they've taken care of that. They go off in the car together. They feel like this is behind them, and and we'll go on in just a minute about what they start talking about next. But now, Mike, I don't feel good. I felt good before when she was kind of holding him accountable, and he was sort of walking the the line. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, they just broke way worse laws. Now you know, yeah. it, it just I don't. Like, I don't know how people, I'm, I'm curious how you responded to it because it, it wasn't satisfying to me. I, I, I mean, and, you know, yeah, how is he going to get out of this without, you know, any wrongdoings or whatever, you know? And I mean, yeah, Mickey's breaking the rules sometimes and stuff too, but this just felt so glaring to me what Cisco did and the, and the, the forged documents and everything. We don't know if Kaz really is trustworthy. Did they just send him out into the world and he's going to cause more trouble, you know, and then the guns are still there. They're going to be out and, and sold and everything. They, they, they made, committed some serious crimes. Yes. And it just well, made me, it made me uncomfortable. How did you feel? It was uncomfortable is a good word for it because it wasn't just between 
the forged documents and CAS, but it was also that conversation between Cisco and Teddy, mm-hmm. even after the exchange was done, because I felt like the way Teddy says they're good, mm-hmm. it just didn't seem like they're good. You have some doubts? <laughs> mm-hmm. A little bit. I just, I, because, and I hope I'm wrong. You know, Cisco, Cisco was is all wrapped up with paying off his debt to the road saints mm-hmm. so that Mickey Holler can go back to charging the road saints again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I just felt like, like I said, it was that little bit of a stare down between Teddy and Cisco where it was like, you know, would, would the weaker man back down mm-hmm. type of situation. So, and, and Teddy's not the type of guy to back down, but neither is Cisco. So I, I'm just hoping it is all done. They mm-hmm. are good. Yeah. And we get back to seeing happy Cisco and Lorna. Yeah, right? yeah. That yeah, we like happy Cisco and Lorna. Are you so yeah, there was some discomfort there. Are you disappointed at at how they handled it? I was actually impressed more than oh. disappointed. I was, I was kind of impressed with how they handled the situation. Because you know, back when uh back when the, uh they were having that lunch break where Andrea was going to the to her office to find out if they wanted to bring another witness forward. Mm-hmm. Cisco and Mickey met and they were talking about how not only that, or they were talking about the Alex Grant situation about being missing for three days, but Cisco tells Mickey that he can start charging the road saints again, mm-hmm. but they probably owe a favor to the Walter Schrader guy. Yeah. The forger. Yeah. But I can't really yeah. tell, I shouldn't tell you anything more than that. Yeah. I mean, it's TV, but for the record, I was disappointed. I really hoped that he would be able to sort of pay his debt and get out of it all with something clever, like some of the, you know, in in similar fashion to some of the tactics Mickey uses, like calling some bluffs and things, you know, like when he Uh acted like he had video footage, but it was really music on a, you know, a flash drive, but he sort of presents it as something else and using some things like that so i mean nobody in is really innocent here but uh, yeah i bummed me out i wanted them to get it behind them in a way that didn't have them breaking such big laws but you know yeah but at the same time it's like mickey i mean lorna is going to law school yeah (laughs) so she should know the ramp i mean i mean like you said earlier it's like lorna was questioning him earlier in the episode about you just the phone call yeah officer yeah Yeah. so i can i can see your your take on that because you know forging documents is wrong (laughs) yeah like are you not concerned about these things lorna yeah you know i mean they gave and uh, cisco made sure that the guns still got delivered to where they were going to be used by the road saints yeah Yeah. so so but that's what that also goes back to where i was talking about it was like is it officially over for Cisco? You good know? point. Good point. Yeah. Or is this going to be? Or is this something that Teddy's going to hold over his head? You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, Teddy's not a rat though either. So. Yes. So with that, you know, they believe it's behind them. They're ready to move forward with the yes. wedding, with being excited about living their lives together as husband and wife, and they're driving home. And Cisco even has these amazing cupcakes in the car, and yeah. Lorna gets to try them out. And um, she's just, you know, they're, they're, she, she talks about how loyal he is. And he, he talks about how, what a loyal husband he's going to be, you yep. know, and they're, they're having some fun, excited conversation. Meanwhile, back at the office, you know, Mickey's trying to 
deal with the case and he's working on things and he gets uh does he get a link from izzy she texts him right text him or it's like a message on the computer yeah. so I don't, something I don't yeah. know if so, i'm not really tech savvy sometimes so i don't know, I if know. You can get text messages too. on a computer but whatever he gets information from Izzy. So talk about that, what he finds out from Izzy, and then things just sort of explode from there. So what does she inform him of? Yeah, she texts him a link to a news story about Henry Dahl agreeing to be a producer or, or, or uh, a, a deal with a mm-hmm. uh, studio. Yeah, a like studio, for TV. Uh, yeah. yeah, television studio for a limited TV show or limited series, sorry, limited series based off the... Uh, Bondurant murder case, I believe, because that's the only thing going right now for in Henry Dahl's world. So, so when Mickey sees that, he kind of flips out a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. he's trying to find the file for which uh, the contract that Lisa signed her life rights away. So he calls Lorna up, and Lorna's like, you know, saying, you know, because they're they're still in that moment that they were sharing. Mm-hmm. So Lorna yep. says, we're having a good moment, you know, type of thing. Or What's the problem? <laughs> what's the problem? We're having a moment here. And and uh, Mickey just kind of right right, right away is like, you know, this 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 a-hole went behind, behind my back and made a deal. And Lorna tells him that he didn't, that he's trying to find the contract that, that Lisa signed. And Lorna's like, you didn't give me a, any contract, you know, and, and, and he's trying to find out what happened to it. She says uh, it should be with the open files, you know, open cases open, in the Lincoln, uh, you know. Yep. Open files belong in the trunk of the Lincoln unless she spe- unless he specifies that he wants them scanned or filed, which he did neither. Yeah. So, but then Mickey blows up saying that or blaming her for being all over the place with her wedding and school mm-hmm. and everything besides her job. And I felt for Lorna in this scene. I, I did mean, too. She looked like she just got slapped in the face when he said yeah. that. And she tells him to stop right there that, that she's been keeping the office up and running while he's around completely preoccupied <laughs> and that he hasn't had his head on straight since right? meeting Lisa. Yeah. Lorna told him from the beginning was was the case is going to be too messy. So it's like you see these two fighting on over the phone, you know, Mickey in the office, Lauren in the car. I'm curious how Cisco kind of sides with this. Yeah. And he's hearing I think only her co- side of the conversation, right, right, yeah. Unless the speaker's loud enough to to hear, be overheard. But it's like so. But it's like, oh man, he just I, I felt for Lorna. I mean, and she I gives really... him the big fu holler. That's how oh, she gets yeah. off the phone. Fu and... holler and hangs up on him. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's I, just I... it. He, when he snaps, he says that uh, it's his business who he takes on as right. a client, and that Lorna's not his associate. Right. Can you dig any deeper there, buddy? Come on. <laughs> right. He's very unlikable at that point. And I, I bring that up in, in my discussion with Daylin as well. I was like, I've never really gotten to this point before where I mm-hmm. am mad at Mickey. I don't yes. like Mickey right now. I've never really felt that about him before. Like no matter what he's done, you know, he's just kind of has that charm and everybody's yeah. rooting for Mickey. And I'm like, you jerk. You yeah, know? exactly. So that 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 was that was very uncomfortable. So he does. He goes out to the parking garage, goes out to the Lincoln, and looks for the file, and it's not there. It's gone. Yep, contract so. is gone. Ugh. And then two guys come up asking if uh, if he's holler, and Mickey Mickey starts to respond by saying he's in the middle of something, but they punch him and oh, they get kick him. I think. At first, you think Mickey's going to be all right. You know, he's I don't know if. 
height wise or or just athletic athleticism Mm -hmm. i mean i thought that mickey might have a chance at you know fending off these two guys but since there were two of them Mickey winds up getting his left arm broke, it looked like, at one point. because You hear a had, crack. You hear that hear noise. It's awful. I know. And, and then it's like, so you go from from one minute, you know, like you said, you're, you're, you're disgusted with Mickey Holler, and then you're seeing him getting his ass kicked. Yeah. Like, well, you kind of have this coming, but at the same time. I feel I, bad for you. <laughs> I feel bad for you. Now. Yeah. So, yeah. So he gets beaten up extremely bad badly and um he's just laying there him, yeah laying they leave him laying there in the motionless parking. yeah and, and that's where we great. end yeah that was the end of the episode and it's like wow yeah <laughs> and and you know this is back when okay then we have what at least three weeks to wait <laughs> until we find out like, if, yeah three and a half four weeks give yeah. or take we don't know first how bad it dropped, is first part dropped like june 5th or june 6th and the second part was august 3rd i think so i think it was july 6th we had oh five. july sorry sorry yeah, july five, I said it, no no that's fine july 6th we had five and then august 3rd the other yes. five so yeah depending on how fast you watched you know if you spread it out you were pretty close to getting the second half if you watched them all in one day you had a while to wait and so um i want to let you guys know that i'm going to add on here the next thing you're going to hear for the podcast is mike actually made some predictions when we were working on another podcast episode the night before august 3rd the night before the second half came out so he took that opportunity to make some predictions about what he thought was going to, you know, what maybe had happened there, what had transpired and just some predictions about the second half. So listen on um, to hear what he predicted. And if you have watched, you'll, you'll know whether his uh, predictions came true or not. So we thought that would be kind of fun to include those just sort of in real time, what Mike was thinking before those episodes came out. So this is, August 2nd, in a few hours, um, Netflix is going to drop the second half of season two. So, Mike, this is an opportunity. If you have any predictions you want to put out there, you can put them on the record. We're time stamping. It's August 2nd, 1014 p.m. So the episodes have not dropped, the new episodes. (laughs) Is there any prediction you want to make about the second half before we go into our Uh game? The one I was thinking about when I was rewatching the episode a couple of nights ago was this is the first time we see Ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So what I'm thinking of is my prediction for the episodes five, six through 10 is that either Mickey or Cisco find out that Izzy's girlfriend, Ray, somehow got the keys to Henry Dahl to get the contract, mm. the original con- signed contract back from Mickey. Okay. So okay. that's. That's a prediction of mine for for the second half of the season because not anybody really close to Mickey is is that you don't see anybody slipping this podcast or a key. Mm-hmm. yeah but- maybe maybe Lisa Trammell could have gotten a key from Mickey but at the same time maybe that's was that why she stopped by that night because mm-hmm. did she bring Henry Dahl to the house. Oh, like like lead him there or something. Yeah. Did she did she lead him there to to mm. get the contract that night? Did uh, or was Henry Dahl just in the neighborhood and sees her pull in? Yeah, I mean, so right. but the prediction of mine is that Ray helps Henry Dahl get this mm. contract. So I'll see how that plays out. Tomorrow okay. Okay. All right. I could I could buy it. I could buy it. We have we have that timestamp. So 
I I I like the idea of putting it out there now and then seeing what happens. So that's what I was we, hoping for tonight because I'm like it's the yeah, night before. It's yeah. uh, Lincoln Lawyer season two part two Eve. Eve. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I feel before. like a kid, you know, kid yeah. you know, for Christmas time, you know, can't wait to wake up in the morning and right. This is the time. Presents. This is the time to do it. Well, if I can do one more prediction, since it's still not uh, uh, part two dropped. That's right. Yet. Absolutely. Go for um, it. There was something I was thinking about because it. So when Mickey is having his uh, daydream with the flan and making out with Lisa Travis, yeah, yeah, uh, he then gets snapped back to reality where you know Mickey. Yeah, so because apparently the flan just took him away to the yeah, the other <laughs> so good. But uh, at one point she mentions that after she kind of threw a fit about her husband, ex-husband, mm-hmm. you know, she threw the spoon on the ground and she says, or she apologizes saying that she has, you know, sometimes she'll spaz out. And she mentioned something about, you know, just ask my sous chef sometime. So another prediction oh, okay. I have is that at some point, maybe the prosecutor mm-hmm. is going to be interviewing the people at the restaurant or whoever the investigator is for the DA. Okay. Maybe they bring the sous chef in as a mm-hmm. witness for Lisa's okay. outrage, outrage moments. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. That's, that that's was, interesting. Those are two predictions I have from the first five episodes, at least. So, yeah. No, I like yeah. it. Well, you're thinking ahead. I like oh, it. I always try to. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fun. It's totally fun. I mean, it's a, it's a mystery, right? So, we got to see what we can figure out. That's just it. The writers just like to keep us on our toes, but I figured it, it felt like such like a throwaway line. You know, it's like, just ask my sous chef. Yeah. You know, it's like, wait a minute here. Yeah. I'm catching on to something. So we do have Daylin in just a, a couple of minutes to find out what she um, has to share about episode five. But first, you know, I like to have a game and this isn't exactly Ooh, a game. Time. It's not exactly a game this time. But it's just sort of a, it's just, it's sort of, I'm going to give you some hints of some pop culture things and see if you can relate it to something in the episode. Oh, okay. okay. So first up, Elvis. What in the episode makes you think of Elvis? Oh, let's see here. You said this several times in the episode. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. More pressure. All right. (laughs) Ah, uh, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, let's see here, Elvis. I'm drawing a blank. I I don't know. Well, the thing back at the beginning of each um, podcast episode, I go through the title, who wrote it, who directed it, that kind of thing. So, anything in there ring a bell that might be related to Elvis? Yeah, still drawing a blank. Sorry. The title, "Suspicious Minds." That's an Elvis oh, song. Really? I, yeah. I have- so maybe that wasn't it i gotta i gotta get back and listen to the elvis catalog (laughs) no good try good okay now about your this is where your t-shirt really cracked me up Uh, mike is wearing a planet pizza t-shirt um from toy story or is it from toy story or toy story 2 trying to remember the first movie Toy Story. okay from the first one so okay well my next pop culture um sort of reference is Toy Story 2. What is something in Toy Story 2 that reminds you of something in this episode? The uh, doll that says I love you or the teddy bear that says Oh, I that's love a you. good one. Yeah, See, that's great. a good one. I didn't think of that one. That's very good. Oh, okay. okay, so there's there's multiple. Awesome. Oh, there's can, multiple now. Can you think of another one? 
Story, not the cupcakes. Let's see here. I'll give you a hint, Lorna. Well, obviously it's Lorna. Uh, <laughs> oh, the cones and traffic. The cones, yes. All right. <laughs> she puts the cones out, and if you're a Toy Story franchise fan, and Toy Story Two, they're trying to cross the road, and they put the orange cones over their head. That's sort of, right. To to get across the street, block traffic, and cause, across the and street. cause like a bunch yeah. of damage to vehicles. Yeah. Yeah, the crashes and so forth. Fun stuff. Thank you for playing along. And one thing before we go, I just thought it was really fun this week. If you want to talk about it, Mike, you shared some cool pictures from the Lincoln Lawyer on um, the Lincoln Lawyer Lounge Facebook group. Did you want to talk about that at all? Yes, I did. I I, I was going to bring it up where we're talking about uh, Mickey's on the back deck when he gets the phone call from Jeff. Yeah. So a few days ago, the owner of the house reached out to me through Facebook Messenger and shared six pictures with me, five of which I could only post. He wants to, the person wants to remain anonymous, okay. which I totally yeah, get, sure. you know, because mm-hmm. if the person from that owns the Bosch house were to reach out to me, they'd probably want to remain anonymous as of well. Of course. Mm-hmm. So he did send me more pictures that I could that I could potentially share at certain times too. Okay. So and, and yeah, I, I I do want to reach out because I, I probably will when I post these pictures that he sent me for the sec- second um, set. Mm-hmm. I'll probably put on there, you know, if there's any questions that I could ask the owner of the house, if any of the viewers wanted me to ask, I don't want to, but I also don't want to overburden the person with a whole bunch of questions, but the person did say, if I have questions, I'll be happy to answer them for me. But I remember him saying that he got to, yeah, it was, he uh, got to meet Elliot Gould. Yeah. um, And uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's like, wow. It's like, so it's, it's nice talking to or and meeting somebody like that that's yeah. affiliated with the show, but not a part of the show. Yeah, has that really cool connection so, to the show, but yeah, very not cool of the show. The yeah. House. So that, yeah, they uh, sent me some behind the scenes photos of uh-huh. which it reminded me of my set visit on Bosch mm-hmm. Legacy Season 1. You know, you get the, the, the TV monitors all over the place. Yeah, and yeah. You get to see what's being filmed. So it's like it just kind of brought me back. But, yeah, it was really awesome to meet this person. I'm hoping to carry on conversations in the, down the road and yeah. maybe post, post all the pictures they want me to post. Yeah. So Well, good on you for, cool. for having the Lincoln Lawyer Lounge for everybody on, on Facebook. It's a, a great group for people to connect about the show. And obviously it's reaching a lot of folks if this, this person found you. Yeah, so yeah, I I enjoy seeing them. Yeah, me too. I uh the other thing too, it's like I I guess I I have to thank some of the Bosch Pit members themselves for uh to kind of entice me to start the Lincoln Lawyer Lounge. Ah, In fact, uh one of the one of the one of the uh dedicated Bosch Pit member said was the one that suggested the name for the Lincoln. Oh, cool. Okay. So, So without them and without her i mean the the lincoln lawyer lounge probably wouldn't exist so it's been kind of fun to reach out to fans from all or both of the conley projects you know yeah well i would say that conley fans are we make a really big family i mean we all love the books and the shows so much that it's just so much fun to engage with each other and 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 talk about the show and, and share information that it's a lot of a lot of goodwill in those those two groups which we don't always see that in facebook groups um but yep. in the bosch pit and the lincoln lord lounge there's just a a lot of, of um good 
kindness and excitement, positive excitement about, about the show. So stay on now to hear from Daylin and we'll be back for episode six. Bye. See you later, everybody. Another thing about Lisa, you know, everyone's intrigued by her and trying to figure her out. So I also reflecting back on the first five episodes, we don't really see her or hear her talk about friends. You know, she talks about her family, how her parents divorced, her mom moved on. It's complicated. You know, she's an ex-husband. She doesn't even know for sure where he is. So Henry is like the only person that she's kind of brought up. Like, this is my friend, Henry. Is she a loner? Is... No, I think she's a workaholic. I okay. mean, she's a chef, and I, I okay. think she, she kind of says that she spends most of her mm-hmm. time working, which is why yeah. she's, it's like a big deal that she hooks up with Mickey because she doesn't do stuff like that. Right. Okay. So I, think, I think she's a workaholic more than anything. She probably okay. spends most of her time hanging out with people from the restaurant, is my guess. Okay. Okay. You know? That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it's all about that life. Anything you want to tell us about Yaya DaCosta? Um, she's just nailing her role, too. Um, yeah, she's just, she's this tour de force. She's yeah. really fantastic. And I think in the back half, she really shines even more. Wow. Um, I just think that we really loved this idea of playing a rivalry. Um, yeah. And in the book that Andrew Freeman is a rival to me, I believe in the book, uh, we we kept pretty close to that part of the book, which is that she'd beaten him a lot. <laughs> she uh-huh. beat him quite a few times. Yeah. And so got a little like thing about her that drives him crazy. And, but they have a lot of respect for each other. Yeah. So it's, it's a really interesting dynamic to play. She keeps him on his toes and, mm-hmm. and uh, adds another element to I think the, the trial, which is like, he wants to win because he wants to win and he wants to win because he wants his client to be found not guilty, but he also wants to beat her. So there's like another, exactly. That, that's a, and that's what my son said. Um, they, he actually just got to watch episode five for the first time last night. And he, he said, he, he's like, I don't know if she did it, but I just want Mickey to beat her, the, the prosecutor. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I mean, he was very passionate about it. And I, I guess that's what the show is. We're going to feel that because Mickey's our, you know, our hero or whatever. Yeah, um, I mean, the thing that I love about this show, Tracy, is that there are really, there's, we have the law and orders of the world and everything is always from the prosecutor's POV uh, trying to get the bad guy. And I mm-hmm. think what makes this show so unique is that it's about a defense attorney mm-hmm. and, and that we are able to get people to be on his side, even though we don't know as an audience, whether or not his client is guilty. Right. Right. And, and you play the, the, the ambivalent, the uh, ambiguity through the whole season of not knowing and i i love seeing on twitter fans and stuff going like i think she did it i don't think she did it I love yeah it. <laughs> i changed my mind now i don't know <laughs> i mean that's the fun part but the one thing that is constant is that it's so interesting to me that people want him to win it's not really right. yeah mickey winning because you're on his side because you believe in mickey yeah if mickey believes in it you're gonna you're gonna be on his side about it yeah and I think that that's what makes the show unique and different from other legal shows that have usually been it does. here you know yeah and I attribute that all to Michael's books you know that he was yeah 
write a book about a defense attorney. Well, speaking of the books and, and as viewers and that are book readers, we don't know what's going to happen, you know, because there there are changes and things. So, yeah. you know, my family knows I've read the books, but I tell them, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, you know. So it's it's that's really cool. I mean, that's that we the can... fun part. If we were to yeah. lead to what was in the books, then like, I think Michael talks about it. And then it's, you get to experience it as a book, as a book reader, you get to experience the show on its own merit. Exactly. Yeah. Some of the stuff that you love about the book. Yeah. yeah. So you can be surprised as opposed to just knowing sure. it's going to happen. You totally. Know? Totally. I, I love that about that. Otherwise you'd just be comparing one to the other yeah. and that's, that's not really fun or productive. <laughs> So um, talking about Mickey, sort of, you know, we're rooting for him, not necessarily the the client and so forth. That brings me to a question uh, with episode five. I feel like at the end, when he insults Lorna, I feel like kind of for the first time, we don't like him. We are mad at him. And I, I just think that's really interesting that it's taken that long, you know, a season and a half, you know, and we really haven't gotten upset with him before. And that was a really weird feeling but immediately we're like oh no you didn't you know yeah yeah so I mean that's how you make characters interesting you don't always want to be you want moments where you think hey I really liked you as a character and you did that really shitty thing and now I don't know how I feel about you but it's short-lived he's our he's our protagonist yeah be back to loving him and it resolves itself in the next episode in a way. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Um, it was just such an odd feeling because his charm is so much about him, you know, and we're just yeah. like, oh. But I think sure. it's a testament to what we're trying to do this season where he he's not completely in control of his emotions Mm-mm. this season vis-a-vis this client and this case. And that's what we wanted to explore, like what happens when you're a defense attorney and you're you know, your client is somebody that you have an emotional sort of um, entanglement with and yeah. to, yeah. your, to your head, you know, which is an interesting, it's, I, I think it's an interesting character exploration for him. Sure. Yeah. Cause I started I, looking through, I was like, she's almost kind of like an Achilles heel or for him, you know, he's not, he's not as sharp. He's not, you know, I mean, he's, right. he, and then, but like you say, it may not be her specifically, but just the, the entanglement, the emotional yeah. entanglement itself. So yeah, it's different to see. Now, did you guys plan to bookend episodes one and five all along with those two yeah. scenes? Okay, yeah, scene? we, we always had, well, we always had a, um, I'll get into a little, uh, into the weeds a little bit about writing. Sure. Yeah, okay. cool. So we always had this, Michael does this great thing of his, in his books, there's always kind of a natural um, cliffhanger usually somewhere in the book. Mm-hmm. So we knew that in the book, he gets his ass kicked. Yes, he does. So we knew that that was going to be a good cliffhanger for us. Okay. At that stage, that's when Netflix and a Studios started talking to us about the possibility of splitting the season into two. And we're like, well, well, good news. We have a natural break at mm-hmm. five. And so how we ended up book ending it is came out of the room where it might've been out of the room or it was just me and Ted talking where um, we started thinking about like, what is a dynamic opening? Cause you always want a super dynamic opening in our shows. So we decided on let's bookend it. Let's start with this fight and let's lean into the garage aspect of it as mm-hmm. sort of a yeah. wink to the audience. Mm-hmm. 
and and go oh shit what happened to mickey why is he getting his ass kicked and so that seems like the most dynamic way to start the show and then and then go from punch to photograph yeah. you know what yeah. i mean right we we felt like you see him at the lowest right there and then we come up at like yeah mickey, mickey the star and mickey on the rise and and sort of you let the audience go like oh no what happened <laughs> between that and that yeah yeah so it was always okay. Once we knew we had that 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 uh, cliffhanger in five, we started working sort of like how can we make a dynamic opening, and that seemed like the most natural way to do that. Which okay, is, yeah, yeah. okay. Did you all? Um, what kind of intention did you give to these multiple reveals that keep making Lisa look more and more guilty? Like almost every episode, there's something where you're like, wait, what? What? Yeah, and, you know, and it surprises him. Was it just, was it supposed to just be spread out like that? Yeah. Just I mean, again, this is where we are adhering a bit more to the book uh, okay. in, in the reveals of the evidence against her. Mm -hmm. And I, I can't really. Fine. <laughs> or not. Yeah. But like, yeah, it was always a plan of like slowly revealing one piece after the other, but also it plays into the whole, uh, Andrew Freeman again. It's like, oh, suddenly there's new evidence out of nowhere. Right. Not in discovery. <laughs> and like, right. The back and forth. That back yeah. and forth between yeah. the two of them. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Oh, um, Lorna and Cisco. So she has that line at the beginning, I think it's of episode five, where she asked him, how many laws do you realize you just broke on the phone? And he's like, none. I just didn't. I told the truth. Just not all of it. But then by the end of the episode, they're both breaking laws. Yes, they are. Um <laughs> <laughs> they are <laughs> talk to me about that like I don't know whether to worry that something is going to come back on them or um, no it... I think I think you can put that story to rest okay 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 yeah good to know okay. I think it was what they had to do to end a this chapter in uh Cisco's life it, okay you know okay as long as I mean first of all Lorna's not an attorney and they didn't tell Mickey <laughs> yeah 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 there you go there you go and and we were talking on the podcast um the other night when um even back when we were talking specifically about episode two chris browning has done such a great job with um the teddy character and i yeah. just I'm, I'm a fan of his anyway right. and so could we expect that mickey will now that they'll be paying him but he'll still be doing some work for them or are we gonna not we're not the the road saints are, are done for the season okay that storyline is mm -hmm. pretty much done whether or not they come back in okay. in the next season or season after that that we haven't determined yet okay but as of right now we sort of put that story to rest for cisco to, so we can focus more on his relationship with lorna for the rest of the season okay okay and just last question, anything you, you, I mean, you have given some teases um, throughout the, the interview here, but is there anything else you'd want to tease for part two for people? I mean, uh, they're chomping at the bit already, so they don't need encouragement. I think, the but... second, I think the second half of the season is even better than the first half of wow, the season. Wow, okay. okay. My opinion. Yeah. yeah. All right. Just gets better I from think, here. Uh, I think people will be really, I think people will really enjoy it. Okay. <laughs> really, yeah. Okay. Nice, nice. Well, yeah, we definitely have thus far. There's been a lot of satisfying moments um, and our first time getting mad at Mickey. So it's been a little <laughs> bit of everything. So well, far. I think you got, you do know that we're going to meet Mickey's mom. Yes, yes. Class. I'm excited so for that. Mm -hmm. That's really exciting. I think that that's a very fun dynamic and it's really cool. fun for, for, for Mickey. Yeah. 
Um, and you know, I, I, I think we have some surprises for people. Nice. I, w- I, w- I would expect nothing less <laughs> with, the, with these stories. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye.